Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. And Atkinson had it blocked, and maybe the Oilers a two-on-one. McDavid in over the line, right circle, feathers, one-timer, score! Zach Cassian matches his career high! Zach Cassian game winner early in the third period. The Oilers score three in the third, and they snap a two-game slide with a 4-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Leon Dreisaitl with three assists. He gets over 300 points for his career. He's up to 301. Zach Cassian gets his 14th goal of the season. That ties a career high. He had 14 back in 13-14 with the Vancouver Canucks. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, his 25th goal. That is a new career high. Oh, yeah, and Connor McDavid, a goal and an assist as well. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 9.59 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, this game started with a first period where the two teams combined for six shots. The Oilers had two of them, but then eventually they put it away with three goals in the third period. Well, I, I, I just talked to Bob about it. I think that that first period, as boring as it was, it was something that the Oilers desperately needed. Uh, they struggled on the road, giving up scoring chances. They were not good defensively. Uh, their goaltenders didn't make the saves uh, that they needed them to make so they needed to settle things down and they came out in the first period and gave up absolutely nothing they didn't create anything but they they gained some confidence in their own zone and set the tone for the game and as the game got on the one thing that the Oilers have is they have Connor McDavid and they have Leon Dreisettle and uh, they they were held off the score sheet the last game and all of a sudden it's not going to happen two games in a row so uh, a very strong defensive effort from top to bottom I believe led to a, a game that they desperately needed and a win that they desperately needed. Not a lot of shots in the game. Miko Koskinen bouncing back. Wasn't heavily tested, but he made the saves he needs to. He makes 19 saves for the victory. Well, uh, he needed a big save early in the game, and we talked about that in the pregame show. And it wasn't uh, you know, a five-alarm type of opportunity for, for Dubois, but he was by himself in front of the net, and he got a backhand away. And Koskinen made the save. And I think that settled him down. He made a big save on Duchesne. And then he made a save on Josh Anderson uh, on a breakaway. And those uh, you, you overlook because there weren't a lot of opportunities for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But if any of those go in, the, the game could be different. There was one sequence where uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets had a couple of opportunities in front of the net. And his big body was sprawled out. And he kept the puck out of the net. So he wasn't tested much. But it was a, certainly a, a game that... The Oilers needed out of him, and I think Koskinen needed confidence-wise as well. So the Oilers' record for the season goes to 33-34-7. and 
They have 73 points in 74 games. They have eight games remaining. They are five points out of a playoff spot. They would have to pass five teams. It is still a, a, a really big long shot here to get into the playoffs, but they at least keep the faint hope alive tonight uh, with this victory. Colorado got a victory tonight, so they're actually, they push Arizona down. Colorado has the tiebreaker. They both have 78 points. Minnesota, 77. Chicago, 74. Vancouver, 74. I mean, a, and a crazy amount of things would have to break the order's way, but but it's interesting, Rob. This they're now nine, five, and two in their last 60, 16 games, which is which is decent. Oh, it's the, better the, the than five, decent. The five losses have all been pretty bad. I mean, yeah. the last the, the five losses in that run were the two to Toronto. One they got bombed. The other one they only made close at the end. Yeah. Uh, they had a stinker against New Jersey here on home ice, and the last two games they got steamrolled. But but still, in the last 16 games, they're nine five and two. Their record is good. The the problem they have it, it, not not so much the points. It's the number of teams they have to overcome. And for example, the Colorado Avalanche, who are in the playoff spot, and the Chicago Blackhawks, who are ahead of the Edmonton Oilers, they play each other in a doubleheader this weekend. So they're both well. Some one of the two teams ahead of the Oilers are guaranteed points. Uh, a number of the teams play each other down the stretch and that's the one thing that the Oilers don't have they I think they just have the one game left against Colorado and they're hoping they need help now is it possible yes is it highly possible no no but as Bob and Jack talked about and we've talked about a lot the only thing they can control is how they play and just continue to put stress on the teams ahead of them the way you do that is by winning hockey games they do have a, a favorable schedule here for the next little while having said that I don't think the LA Kings are going to roll over when they come into Rogers knowing that Edmonton needs oh, that yeah, two exactly. points. I don't think the Anaheim Ducks are going to roll over. Those teams, they're behind the Oilers in the standings, but I mean, the Ducks are only a couple, three, four points behind them. It's not easy, but the effort that the Oilers put forward today, if they put that effort forward against Ottawa, they should win, and then all of a sudden you got two in a row and you try to roll from there. So what happened... And I think we got to recognize, too, Columbus, while a good team, I don't think is as good as St. Louis or Vegas. Oh, no, not even and, close. I mean, we talked about it before the game. Columbus is now 4-6-1 and one in March, and they made some deals at the deadline to have more than four wins 10 or 11 games into March. They, well, they were they're saying, we got to go for this year. But what did the Oilers do checking-wise that they weren't able to do the last couple of games? Uh, they were committed. Uh, they battled. And uh, you never saw the the... The Columbus Blue Jackets have an odd man break. You never saw the Columbus Blue Jackets with time and space in the offensive zone. The the Oilers' back pressure was excellent tonight, and I and I mentioned it in the first period. There was three times that Connor McDavid came back and broke up plays defensively. Those are the things that you need. Uh, Nugent Hopkins did a dry settle. When your stars are breaking up plays on strong back checks, you've got a chance to win hockey games, and it becomes contagious, and it goes through the entire. The, the entire bench so the others had just were committed to playing good strong defensive hockey and what you, what happens and a great example are two of the goals in the third period good defensive plays at the blue line turned into odd man breaks going the other way and that's how the others have to play to be successful that was our adjustment of the game for the alberta college and association of chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com the oilers get the 4-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do we have uh, Colby Cave standing by outside the Oilers dressing room? Colby, are you with us? 
Okay, we'll check back for uh, Colby, which we should be able to uh, get him live from outside the Oilers' room. And, uh, I mean, the big guys, the top scorers, took over in the third period. There was a lot of good shifts today by the Oilers' third and fourth lines, which was nice to see. Oh, excellent shifts. And, and what we've seen and, and we've talked about, when you have the McDavid line go out there and create momentum and get a number of good opportunities and then the second line comes out and it keeps that momentum going forward you need the fourth third and fourth lines to do that as well you don't want all of a sudden the mcdavid line to come back out five shifts later and they're starting in their own zone and they're trying to skate uphill again uh, the third and fourth line uh, they they're not creating as many opportunities as, as you know you might want but they are certainly keeping the play going in the right direction their battle level is very good their compete level is very good and they're hard to play against and that's what you want out of your third and fourth line you want them to be hard to play against it's good sound defensive hockey we certainly saw that tonight okay uh, i think we have them now colby are you with us yeah how are we going right. fellas good colby this is reed wilkins along with rob brown we're up in studio 99 thanks for checking in from the Oilers dressing room. Well, Colby, I'm going to start at the beginning of this one, and I know you're engaged in the game and, and you have a lot to concentrate on, but did you ever glance up at the shot clock during the first period and think, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? I actually thought about that uh, looking up in the second period there, and I looked and I was like, wow, it's a pretty tight defensive game going on, but, uh, you know, that's what they're going to be like the rest of the year. What, what's the belief like in the dressing room? I know that there's been a lot of negativity with media and fans not thinking that... Uh, things are going as the way they wanted to, but you continue to push forward. You're nine, five, and two, I believe, in the last number of games. Is the belief still there? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, we just try and take it one game at a time. Uh, obviously, we got some help tonight with Arizona losing, so you know we're just trying to go day by day. It starts uh, started with tonight. Thought we played a really good game. Um, you know, we were rolling four lines, three D pairings. Miko was, you know, a brick wall back there for us. So you know, if we can pull together team team wins like that, uh, you know, we can string together a few wins here and you know try and sneak in. Colby, it's been kind of a, an odd season for you. Obviously, you were with Boston. You were you were claimed by the Oilers and you've sort of had to come here and and, and prove yourself uh, I, I think we found you know your your puck pursuit is pretty pretty strong you're you're pretty dogged on the forecheck uh, where, where do you feel your game has come this year and, and where would you still like to take it I think you nailed it on the head you know I just want to be uh, you know a guy that forechecks hard gets pucks back um, you know starts in the face-off circle if I can get the puck to us and uh, you know the more we have it the less they have a chance to score so you know, just starting with little things like that. Um, you know, I've been trying to work on my offensive game a little bit more this year. Um, you know, I've still got a lot to work on in that category, but, you know, I'm just trying to help the team win no matter what, and uh, anything I can do to help the help the team, that's, that's important. Do, does Hitch or the coaching staff, do they give you guys conversations about the roles that you they want you to play or what they need out of you yeah i had sat down with the coaches the last couple of days you know uh, my game had been slipping there for a few games so you know they just kind of sat me down and said hey you're here for a reason you know these are the these are the things that got you here so um you know don't shy away from anything play uh play play with an edge and um you know obviously everything else will fall into place after that Colby, I'm going to throw a name at you here. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Derek Prohar joined us on the Faceoff show, and uh, he was here for Canadian Armed Forces Appreciation Night. Yep. And we have a contest called First Goal of the Game Contest, and we let him recommend to a listener who to pick, and he recommended you, Colby Cave. Uh, there's a bit of a family connection there. Derek Prohart. Um, the name's not ringing a bell, but I'm more of a recognized-by-face-the-names kind of guy, so okay. I'm sure if I met him in person, I'd recognize him, but... 
Um, you know, off the top of my head, it's not not ringing a bell. But like I said, if I saw him face to face, I'm sure I'd recognize him. Well, he picked you to score tonight. So, <laughs> well, hey, if you guys run into him before I do, tell him thanks a lot, and I'll get him back next game. So now on days off, do you guys become fans, cheerleaders, watching all the teams out there trying to pick which teams you need to cheer for, which ones you need to cheer against? Oh, you know what? It's it is what it is. Um, you know, obviously we're hoping for some help, and but uh, we got to take care of our, ourselves first. So it starts at practice tomorrow morning. You know, working on the things that we need to get better at and um, you know obviously uh, keep continuing the things that we've been doing good so you know I think we just gotta like I said earlier go day by day keep working hard and and you know kind of see what happens. Colby thanks for making time for us here on overtime open line good win tonight and we'll see you at practice tomorrow. Yeah thanks for having me guys appreciate it. That is Colby Cave from the Edmonton Oilers a 4-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets Cave courtesy GCL Diesel genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices GCL Diesel Com. We will get to your phone calls in a few minutes at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from head coach Ken Hitchcock, and we'll go into the Blue Jackets dressing room as well. As, uh, oddly enough, they don't like playing the Oilers. At least not this year. Well, I mean, last year they split. Each team had a convincing victory in the other team's building. Edmonton goes in there on March 2nd, wins 4 nothing, and then uh, tonight Columbus scores first but still drops a 4 nothing. And I mean, in a playoff race... They're looking at these games automatic saying we got to get those points. They, yeah, they do when you're playing teams below you in the standings And we've been talking about that for quite a while with the Oilers. You must win those games They, they came off a, a game where they lost in Calgary. Uh, they've now fallen out of a playoff spot This is a team that's all in you know when you have unrestricted free agents as Columbus had uh, big names of Bobrovsky a Panarin those are the guys if you want just thinking of your future those are guys that you want to move and they would have got big returns uh, Panarin would have been probably the most sought-after player at the trade deadline They decided to hang on to those players and then they went all in by going and get other teams unrestricted free agents And you think uh, for example a Duchesne and gave up, you know uh, uh, Quite a haul to get him and it hasn't turned out very well for them and I believe that Maybe the, the GM's job isn't on the line, but certainly the coach's job is on the line if they don't make the playoffs. And, t and the Montreal Canadiens have, have gotten they've gotten hot as of late. Carey Price is playing very well. They win again tonight, and now the Columbus Blue Jackets are on the outside looking in. And frankly, I didn't think looked that great tonight. I mean, I don't remember. They never really threatened the Oilers in this hockey game. So uh, they've got uh, seven or eight games as well to try and turn things around, but there could be some job changes or, or, or new new coach could be coming in if they don't make the playoffs this year. The one guy off the Blue Jackets that impressed me in both games against the Oilers and he has 24 goals on the season is Josh Anderson, number he, 77. He's fast. Yeah. Uh, for a big man, he's very fast. Uh, he, when he takes the puck outside and starts driving the net, it's very hard to stop him because of his side, size and his speed. He looked very good tonight. He was the probably the most dangerous player that the Blue Jackets had. But you could, it was a long way down when you wanted to start to look for the second most dangerous player. And as we've seen many times, when you're relying on one or two players to win you hockey games, uh, sometimes you seem to fall short. Probably Seth Jones. He's, 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 he's an excellent he's hockey player. I mean, he's he an moves, excellent yeah. hockey player. And, well, if you want to start talking about Seth Jones, the game-winning goal tonight, Connor McDavid, was that the game one? No, the, sorry, the third, the third goal, the one that put the game away, 
uh, Seth Jones and the entire Columbus Blue Jacket team was not happy. Well, I I thought that might be a penalty. That was on Connor. It, if you watch if you watch Connor, Connor will give a little tug, and I, I used to do it all the time when I played, simply because I needed the extra push. But he gave a little tug. Jones goes down. He goes in and scores a breakaway goal. And there was a timeout after that, and they spent the entire time, and it was two or three different players complaining to the referees because, frankly, that was what I mean. That was the end of the hockey game for Columbus. So Seth Jones, though, an excellent, excellent hockey player. 4-1. The Oilers win as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your new used trailer. Head to EdmontonTrailer.com. Vegas leading Winnipeg 5-0 halfway through the third period. San Jose up 2-1 on L.A. after two. The Panthers beat the Coyotes 4-2, so that helps the Oilers and specifically the Avalanche a lot tonight. Bruins over the Devils 5-1. The Lightning get their 58th win of the season. They are 58-13-4 as they beat the Hurricanes 6-3. I watched a lot of that game tonight uh, in between Oilers shifts. Uh, Tampa's good, and they are deep, and they're doing it. I mean, game they score four or five goals, and sometimes you don't see their best players on the score, score sheet. They are that deep up front. Uh, it, it is going to take a monumental effort from either Boston or Toronto or, or one of those teams to come out of that division instead of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Here's the score that hurts Columbus Canadians over the Islanders 4-0. The Blues down the Red Wings 5-2. Penguins over the Preds 2-1 in a shootout. Flyers win 3-1 in Chicago. Avalanche beat the Stars 3-1. Flames ring up the Senators 5-1. The Oilers will host Ottawa Saturday at 2. Our face-off show will be at 12.30, 7.30 Saturday night. Oil Kings home to Medicine Hat to get the playoffs started. 780-496-0063. We have Tony standing by. Hey, Tony, go ahead. How's it going, boys? Good, man. L- uh, love the fact that the Oilers won tonight. Um, so it's a shining star, like shining, you know, shining light on what's been a season that we want to forget. Um, you know, I've been hearing a whole bunch of news, and everybody's hating on the of what happened today with the whole Nicholson and Reader thing. See, for me, in a certain way, like I I agree, but I don't agree. Like when it comes down to it, you don't call out a player, you call out the team because, as a friend of mine and I were talking about, 12 goals really doesn't mean much. Yeah, it means something on the scoreboard, but it doesn't really mean anything in the standing. But the way that Nicholson did it, like, I understand calling out certain players, but you don't just call out one player because, unfortunately, even though Toby Reader is not doing that good, he has been stepping up in the last few games, I've noticed. Like, he's faster, he gets into the play, he just gets unlucky puck. He just gets unlucky puck. Um, he just doesn't get very lucky with the puck. But, you know, I'm just... That's, that's, that's what my opinion is. What about you guys? No, that's a good question, Toby. We talked about it on the face-off show too and I mean Nicholson shouldn't have said that he's apologized to Reader. he flat out shouldn't have said it nope uh, yeah you're right and we talked but it shouldn't have been said he understands it shouldn't have been said it's been taken care of by apologizing to the player and uh, I would I would imagine it's over and done with Oilers win 4-1 over the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Let's go back down to the dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices gcldiesel.com here's head coach Ken Hitchcock when a game starts out like this one did where there's not a lot going on in the first 20 minutes is the challenge to stay patient and not try and force things well i think this time of year everybody's dialed in checking wise so if you spit the bit you're going to end up giving up odd man rushes i thought we stayed patient till we got our energy back uh really 
halfway through the second period, and then I thought we really uh, started to play and and got our down low game going on them. Um, I thought we played a patient, smart hockey game, and uh, and then the big boys took over in the third period, which was kind of how you drew it up. Five points back in the playoff race. Is there a new sense of um, just? We knew exactly what was going on. Uh, and we told the players, and they responded. I mean, I know everybody around here talks about next year, but that's not the focus in that locker room. And somebody's going to get in. A lot of these teams start to play each other. We just got to keep playing and winning hockey games. And if we, if we play the way we played tonight, we're going to win a lot of games. And that's got to be our focus. Is we dialed up our checking. We got our chances. We played patient, smart hockey. Stayed out of the penalty box. We did all the things that you talk about. We went and did them. And that's a team that's just as desperate as anybody to get in the playoffs. And we played very, very well against them. Uh, Toby Reeder, he had a rough day today. Um, how do you think he performed with the day he had to deal with? Exactly the same as he does. He's an honest, hardworking, determined hockey player. He's a guy, if you want to play the game the right way, all you got to do is show clips of him. He hasn't scored. He's missed a number of opportunities, and that pressure probably mounts a little bit. But as far as being a player on our team, he's very valuable because he carries the conscience of the team. You never have to coach him. So I, I don't think I've said five words to him from a teaching standpoint because he does the right stuff all the time. So from our standpoint, you want to see a guy score and have success offensively because it makes him feel good. But if he's not doing that, he helps us in a number of other areas. And that's, that's what a teammate does. So he's a, for me, he's a really good teammate. All right, that's Hitch talking about uh, Toby Reeder there as well. If you missed this story earlier, there was a, a season t ticket holder breakfast today. And uh, Bob Nicholson said if Toby Reeder maybe had... I can't remember the number he used. If he had more goals, we'd be in the playoffs. And he also revealed, which I was surprised, though I think we know it's headed that way, that he wouldn't be re-signed. So uh, the update on that is that the Oilers have told us he has apologized to Reader. Reader didn't know about it until Nicholson apologized, as Rob and I have both said. Uh, not a good comment to make publicly. So we will move on from there. Oilers beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1. You'll hear from Joe Gambardella a little bit later on too. He got his first NHL point tonight, assisted on Brodziak's goal. Yeah, and a very important goal. Uh, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets had the lead. Uh, there was no scoring chances going either way. If Columbus extends that lead and goes up 2-0, not saying the game was over, but the game was probably over. The fourth line comes out, has a great shift and are rewarded. There's a lot of times we've seen over the last, you know, 15 to 20 games where the third and fourth lines have created good offensive pressure and never been rewarded at the end of the shift. This time they were. Uh, it was a good hit at the blue line by Curry. Puck goes, gets bounced into the front and Brodziak finishes. So it was a, a huge goal and an important goal by the fourth line. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Donald standing by. Hey, Donald, thanks for calling. Yeah, go ahead, Donald. So, I was just wondering, because come off-season, the Oilers are going to be looking for a new GM and coach, right? Yep. Well, like, I was just wondering, like, who would be the leading candidates that they would be looking for for those, would you say? Well, uh, Bob Nicholson this week has done a number of uh, hot stoves and, and season ticket holder 
uh, me meetings or town halls, and, and he talked about the fact that they are going to search high and low for the next general manager. He said that there's probably going to be 10 to 14 different general managers that will be in the running. Different people. Different not, people. Not general managers. Sorry. Well, yeah, different <laughs> people will be in running for, for the GM job. Uh, he said that he will not be able to interview all of them until they are allowed to by different NHL teams. Some of them are going to be in the playoffs. Probably a lot of them will be in the playoffs. Uh, and then once that is determined who the GM will be, then the GM is the one that's going to decide who the new coach is. So yeah. I, I don't expect the new GM or new coach to be named anytime soon. I think it will be deep into the playoffs before that happens. Yeah. If and, not, and, and if he not also after said the not, not one of the ones we were at, but he's also said Keith Gretzky will be considered, as I think he should be. Yep. So then we'll go from there. That's going to be a big story for the offseason, absolutely. All right, Oilers beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. Columbus coached by John Tortorella. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. A couple of your players said tonight after the game they felt like there was panic in your game tonight. Did you see that, an apprehension to just let yourself go and be able to play, or what was missing? I wish there was panic in the game, because then it would show some desperation. So I, I don't agree with that. So you you don't think it's you think it's a lack of urgency from them? Not sure. Yeah, sure. It has to be. Oh, shocking! From, yeah, yeah. It's got to be shocking. Yeah. Yep. John, uh, what was the difference in the third period? Because it was just one one heading into the final twenty. Uh, maybe oh, we we get a shot blocked right away on a rush. They go down and score, and we really have no answer offensively at all. With this team looking forward, you have eight games left. Do you know what to expect out of this team going forward, like in that next game on Sunday? We're going to prepare the next couple days and get ready to play our next game and see where we go. Is this something like a coach can talk the team out of, or is this purely something that's We've talked enough. Around? We've talked enough. I mean, the, the players are... We, we've talked about a lot of different things here, and it's, it's not rhetoric. It's not panic. It's not... I'm not, it, it, we just have to have some sort of sense of urgency to try to get back into this here, or we have no chance. This is a tough question, but you've, you've suggested it before that there are guys in the room, like you've said this in previous years, that maybe would be a, it's been a long, tough season for a lot of guys that might be okay with it being over April 6th. Are you sensing that with anybody? No, no. I just don't think we understand the level that we have to play at right now. All right, there's Blue Jackets coach John Tortorella, clearly unhappy after his team loses 4-1 to the Edmonton Oilers. Where he sits there, he feels like this team doesn't understand the level they have to play at right now. Well, I could see why he'd be frustrated that the the effort that they put in tonight was not near good enough in a in a race. I mean, the the Oilers are desperate for points in their playoff race, where a lot of people have counted them out. The, the Columbus Blue Jackets were, I believe, actually in a playoff spot before this game yeah, started. Montreal and then got them. And then got leapfrogged by the Montreal. I mean, they're right there, and they come into Edmonton and a team that is, you know, coming into the game seven points out of a playoff spot. And Columbus, as much as we talked about, the Oilers only had two shots in the first period. Columbus Blue Jackets, a desperate team on their own, only had four. And none of them really scared the Oilers with a grade-A scoring chance. So uh, John Totara, I believe his, his job will be on the line if this team doesn't make the playoffs. And I could see why he's frustrated. This is a, on paper, this is a very good hockey club he has. There's a ton of talent, but they certainly didn't play like a great team tonight. So that first period where the teams combined for six shots, the fewest number of shots combined 
in an Oilers game was January 12, 1999, the second period of a 2-1 win by Dallas over Edmonton. Dallas outshot the Oilers 3-2. Who was the Dallas coach? Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock was the Dallas coach. And I just want to check here. I got a message from the league. Uh, the last time two teams combined for less than six shots in a period, Florida-San Jose, February 18th, 2016, they combined for four. So that would, it happens occasionally. That would have been a boring period. Although, I wonder if there's any goals in that one. Well, I can check right now. Somebody sent me a link to the box score. Seriously? Yes. It was uh, San Jose won the game 2-1 in a shootout. The two actual goals in the game were both scored in the third. All right, there you go. Great shooting percentage, 50%. Not bad. <laughs> 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Robert, thanks for calling. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, good. Good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, well, no, I think uh, tonight I was at the game, and I think, and, you know, and I'll, and I'll admit, like, I think, I think, like, a lot of people in the building, when, when Columbus scored first, I was, I was a bit nervous. But 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 I think when the Oilers came right back and tied it, I noticed noticed it gave them gave the gave them a bit of jump and they were they were and I thought thought they were the better team the rest of the game and I have a I have a question to follow after after I, after I hear you guys thoughts here. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. No. I think. Uh, oh my. Oh no. My my question is at this point. You think think at this point even if they win. Even if they win their remaining eight games and they get to 89 points, I mean, I mean, I mean, how many, how, how many games can the, these other teams win? Like four or five, maybe max. Well, that's the that's the problem, right? Colorado and Arizona both have 78 with eight games remaining. So all they have to do is go five and three, and the Oilers couldn't catch them. That's that's, I mean, plus the number of teams. Like here's the thing: Colorado has the last playoff spot. If they went 0 and 8, and the Oilers went 8 and 0, well, yeah, you'd steam past Colorado, but everybody else would pass Colorado. That, that's why it's so hard, Robert. But they won tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. I mean, and that's the way they're playing right now, and that's the way they're taking it. They, they they take it one game at a time, and one game turns into a two game. One game wins, then you go to the next one. Now you have a two game winning streak. Then you go to the next one. Now you're working on a three game winning streak. Uh, you never know what could happen. I mean. There, there, miracles have happened in pro sports in, in, in all different sports hockey baseball football teams have had miracle comebacks well to have a miracle comeback you have to be down and out well the Oilers are certainly down and out so you can if somehow this miracle happens any other fan that's been at a game in the last little while can say I was part of that I was there I witnessed the miracle that happened and I, I wouldn't bet the house on it but I still wouldn't throw away the your, your, put your Oiler jersey away for the remainder of the season because you just never know. Connor McDavid second in NHL scoring with 107 points. Leon Draisaitl fourth. He has 94 points after getting three assists tonight. More of your phone calls, more post game reaction. We're back after the 10:30 news live in Studio 99. Oilers win at 4-1. This is Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.32. Lead pass, right-hand side, Josh Anderson off the draw, and a backhander denied by Miko Koskinen. Has to come up with a save, and he did. 
That is the save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Yet winter ready at JiffyLubeService.ca. Koskinen bounces back, stopping 19 of 20 against the Blue Jackets. The Oilers win it 4-1. Columbus scored first in the second period. Brodziak tied it a minute 42 later, and then three in the third from the Oilers. Cassian, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. We will go back down to the Oilers dressing room. This man picked up his first NHL point tonight. It is Joe Gambardella. What kind of dream to get that first point and getting it? What's that like for you? Uh, it's, it's a dream come true. Uh, obviously, it's not uh, the first goal yet, but you know, anytime you can get a point in this league, they're so hard to come by. Uh, just got all emotions running through me still. It's uh, an unbelievable feeling, and uh, even better that we got a huge win out of it, so it was a good team win. Joe, I know you probably just mentioned it to uh, to Jim there, but just maybe take us through the play and uh, you know how it all went yeah, down. It was a uh, great play by uh, D, getting up the the puck up the wall, and Brodzak did a good job of coming in uh, below there and made a great play to Curry. Curry did a good job getting the uh, puck behind the D, did a, uh, made a good play on the body, and I was just lucky enough to get it and make a play through to Brodzak, and he had an unbelievable finish. It was a great play all around. I know it's right after the game now, so you probably haven't had an opportunity, but have you been able to check the phone yet? How many messages are you uh, expecting? No, I, I, I can only imagine what it's like right now um, uh, probably so many people reaching out but uh, it's an unbelievable feeling who's the first call to uh, probably my girlfriend excellent yeah. Perfect. <laughs> there's Staten Island's Joe Gambardella I'm good on him I, I, I as I said earlier in this in the broadcast I thought he and his line mates were excellent tonight and uh, I know that there's still a push for the playoffs and there's belief in that dressing room but there are certain players, too, that are auditioning for roles on this team next year. And he is one of the players. And uh, if he continues to play like he did tonight, it'll leave a very good impression on the organization going forward. And that's all they can do right now. Every minute you get, every shift you get, leave it out there. Everything that you have. And tonight, uh, the fourth line, to me, was the difference in this game. They don't score that goal to tie it up. Uh, Columbus extends the lead to two. This game is over the other way, so good on he and his line mates tonight. All right, the Oilers win at 4-1. We will go back to the phone lines. We have Greg standing by. Greg, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Very well. First off, I'd like to say that I think Koskinen should have been the first star of the game because he actually made a glove safe tonight, so good for him. Um, second, I think the Oilers played a... An all-around pretty good overall game, and uh, it's nice to have the Oilers actually playing meaningful, well, semi-meaningful games at the end of the season. You know, well, the West is weak, but you know, it, it, these are our playoffs. We haven't had playoffs for a couple years, and these are our playoffs right now, so that's nice to see. But uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you guys think that McDavid will catch Kucherov or not? Uh, no, because it's 13 points. Is it 13 now? Yeah, it's 13 After points. tonight, so... That's a lot to make up in eight games. Barring, barring injury, I agree, no. Yeah, I think he'll probably finish second. Uh, Dreisaitl still has a shot at 50 goals. And Dreisaitl has a shot at being third in the National Hockey League. Well, he's seven behind Kane. Well, it's possible. Wise. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get opportunities. And the way he's playing, and the 25 to 27 minutes a night, you're going to see him pulling in as this season ends. Well, yeah, He's going to get plenty of opportun opportunities to put it this way. If Connor McDavid does catch Kucherov, the Edmonton Oilers probably make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend disagreed with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she's, he's going to pass Kucherov? No, she said if, uh, he, if uh, McDavid catches Kucherov, he'll make the playoffs. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right, who's finishing the play, Greg? You or your girlfriend? Uh, 
She doesn't want to, so I'm going to make her do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're giving one of you an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. It's self-parked as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code JED. You can also get your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, fasttrackkartingedmonton.com. Here we go. Alexander Wenberg, just two goals all year with a turnover. The Oilers two on one. Dry settle right circle, waiting, waiting, dishing, wrist shot. All right, power play chance for Nugent Hopkins. Goal or not? She said goal. Alexander Wenberg, just two goals all year with a turnover. The Oilers two on one. Dry settle right circle, waiting, waiting, dishing, wrist shot, score. There it is. Greg and his GF winners on finish the play. Nuge getting to a career high, his 25th goal of the season. That sealed it late for the Oilers as they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1 tonight. The only power play in the game we talked about earlier. Columbus thought they should have had one on uh, McDavid's goal tonight, and there were two very close too many men situations that weren't called one each way well yeah I, I thought it was a fairly well ref game I don't think John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to agree because the the goal that salted this away for the Edmonton Oilers probably should have been a penalty on Connor McDavid for for interference or holding uh, as for the the power play that the Oilers did score on that was one where the Columbus Blue Jackets now down two goals were pressing and their defenseman jumped up tried making a play that he normally wouldn't try to make. Uh, he tried to score shorthanded. He tried to make a play at the blue line, and Sekra just punched the puck up. And on that one, Leon Dreisaitl wanted to pass the puck to Connor McDavid. He waited as long as he could, and the defenseman just turned and took took Connor. And all of a sudden, it was Nuge and, and Leon who actually had a they had a two on zero. And Nuge, when we've seen time and time again, when he has time and space. He has a spot he likes, and that is low blocker, and again, he hit it. So, uh, Nuge continues to add to his career year, and uh, you got to respect what he's done because the line mates that the second line players have had have not produced at a very big clip this year. Although, having said that, Ryan Nugent Hopkins continues to put pucks in the net. All right, Oilers win 4-1 over the Blue Jackets. Back down to the Columbus dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here is Seth Jones. Does it almost in some ways sort of feel like quicksand where the harder you try to make things happen, the worse it just keeps getting going, ends up going the other way on you guys right now? No. Um, no, we just, we just got to play better. I mean, you know, you look at the game tonight and... Um, they're playing for nothing, and we're playing for something, and uh, that's not what it looks like. And um, we got to find energy somewhere. We got to um, enough with the meetings, enough with the talk. Um, we got to find a way to motivate ourselves, motivate yourself individually, be the best player you can be um, every night, and, and be the best player for this team. What adjustment did you want to make out of that four-nothing game against them into tonight? No adjustment. Just <laughs> check. We didn't check in Columbus when we played them last time. Um, we checked a little bit tonight. We just had no energy offensively. Um, we got we to put the puck in the net some of our, some of our chances. When you have a start like that one for both teams, it seems like neither neither team could really get any traction. Yeah, it was sloppy hockey. Yeah, does that kind of pull you guys down as well and you still have to fight through that, basically? Or? No. Um, there's no room for that right now. You know, you can't play sloppy hockey right now. Like, like I just said, 
they could play something like it. I don't, you know, they're not playing for anything, and, and that's different in this room. We, we all want something in here. Not that they don't, uh, don't get me wrong, but um, we're in a position right now to, to do something and um, and make the playoffs and, and make some noise, and uh, um, something's got to change here. So um, we have another opportunity in Vancouver to, to get a win. So Matt minutes. said the, the desperation was freezing you guys rather than motivating. Do you agree with that, sir? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, we are playing a little stiff, um, I, would, I would say, um, which, you know, no one has the answer to that question and, um, as of why. And um, I think guys are trying. Um, but, yeah, we, we are a little stiff. We, we need to see the puck going. We've been hitting posts lately, and some of our grade-A chances aren't going in the net. we got to find a way to put the puck in the net at the end of the day. That's all it is. Seth Jones, that's a, that's a really disappointed Columbus dressing room tonight. Well, it is. It, it's a team that I, I think had high expectations at the trade deadline. And things have gone, not gone anywhere near what they expected. And then, you know, they, they have a spirited game in Calgary, come out on the wrong end, and then they come into Edmonton. This is a, as much as the Oilers fans like what the Oilers have done as of late in a number of the games going 9-5-2, Columbus coming in here, this is a game they should win. This is an Oilers team that was seven points out of the playoffs at the start of the night. And Columbus not only didn't win, I, I, they just, it wasn't the effort that they needed. And we heard John Tortorella talk about it. He sounded pretty exasperated as well after the game. They didn't play with desperation. And we've seen when the Oilers play well, it's when they have desperation in their game. And tonight they did. When the Oilers struggles, when it lacks, tonight it lacked for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's go out to Evansburg, my ancestral homeland. And we have Scott standing by. Scott, it's nice to hear from you. How are you doing, fellas? Doing great. Good. Hey, I just got a question for you guys about the line changing that Hitchcock is doing here. Um, it, like the first period, I, I did actually fall asleep on the couch watching it. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> and uh, he had the news out there with, uh, with Cassie and McDavid. And then he puts Drysidle out there with him. And I can understand the depth with this, with, with, with the club, right? There's no depth in the in the even the second third line, in my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Like, should they just put those guys out there to start and I, uh, try to get her done, or what do you think? I've I've been saying it for for the last three years. Uh, until they find someone different that's outside of this organization, uh, Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid should start and finish every game together. They, Leon is better with Connor. Connor is better than with, is better with Leon. Uh, they have success, and you know what? You might be a one scoring line team, but it's going to be a very good scoring line. Yeah, like I think it was the difference in the in the second and third for sure. I mean, there something happened, right? So. Oh yeah, I, you're right. It, and they, well, anytime, well, even games where Hitch tries to go with three centermen, as soon as the Oilers fall behind at one goal. It goes right back to Leon and Connor because that they know that that's the best chance they have for for success offensively. And to me, it's uh, it, it, they would never they would never be split up. That's a line that I would keep together forever, just be, until they find someone else that can complement Leon and or Connor. But they don't have that in the organization yet. So, so on another note, do you think uh, we we dump the Nuge this year and and try to pick someone up? Um, oh man, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. It's, it's I, nice I'm to a, finally have some centers. Yeah, I'm a fan of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And, and unless you're finding someone that's going to be able to play with both Leon and Connor, if you get rid of Nugent Hopkins, that means you have to play Leon as your second line center. And now 
you've got to find wingers, a winger, a really good scoring winger to play with Connor, and you're going to have to find a really good scoring winger to play with Leon. I think it'd be easier to try and find one guy now that could play with Nuge and, and go forward that way with two lines. I would keep Ryan Nuge and Hopkins. I think, I mean, he's getting better. He's having a career year. That's just my thought on it. But I know that the Oilers are cash-strapped. It's a team that does not have a lot of money to, to, to get free agents, and they desperately need uh, some new blood coming into this organization. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Good to hear from you, man. Take care, guys. Thanks. 780-496-0063. I should mention Zach Cassian here who got the game winner. He has 12 goals in his last 29 games. And, you know, he, he started basically as a fourth liner. He was scratched early. The agents asked Torelli, can you look around for a trade? And he's now been playing on the top two, one of the top two lines for a while. And he's taken advantage of it. He ties a career high in goals. And, and I like a lot of what he's doing. And what I find, Rob, is he is not fooling himself, even though he's higher in the lineup, that he's all of a sudden a puck handler. He off, I mean, occasionally he'll stick handle, but he's dumping it, even when he's out there with Leon Connor, because people always say, oh, when do you shoot? Like, he shoots it in and chases it, because he figures, I can go get it, or one of these other two guys are, are pretty fast. Maybe we'll get it. I'm not going to try to make a play at the blue line. And then today, one-timing the puck. Just get it on net as quick as possible. Zach Cassian was drafted in the first round. He was a guy that uh, people expected more than what they've seen thus far in his career. He, he, he's big, he's strong, he can skate. Uh, his, he, he's got a, a good shot. What he's lacked throughout his career is consistency. Uh, he was in Vancouver. He, he was spotted on the, the Sedins line a couple times. Uh, and, and showed spurts, but he's never been able to do it over a long period of time. And if you're going to play on a top line with the Sedins in Vancouver, with McDavid here in, in Edmonton, it, you've got to be good, not just some of the time, you've got to be good all of the time. And what he's getting right now is an opportunity, and he, he seems more in control. You know, we've seen Zach Cassian in the past where there'll be nights where he, he does something silly. He'll take a silly penalty. He'll, he'll run around uh, and, and take himself out of the game and sometimes take his team out of the game. But he's been in much more in control, still doing the things that make him successful. He's still physical, but physically uh, in, in a way that doesn't take penalties. We saw the other night try to change the complexion and momentum of a hockey game because with a fight. So he did that. He... He, he's making plays, but he's not forcing plays. If he has no play, he puts the puck in deep. But the biggest thing that I've seen with him as of late is the confidence he's had. He's making smart plays. He's holding onto the puck a little longer. And then when he's on a two-on-one, you see him ready. He wants that puck, and it's on and off his stick. So uh, Cassian, to me, the, the line that's going to finish the season for the Oilers that's going to give them the most success is Drysaddle playing with McDavid and Cassian. And Cassian's earned that right. The Oilers went 4-1 over Columbus. If they could have got to 5 today, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You could have printed up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Back with some final thoughts here in Studio 99. Oilers beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Chair. 
It's a 4-1 win for the Edmonton Oilers over the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Oilers upping their record to 33-34-7 and seven on the season. Still in a... Here's here's the lingo I'm going to use. In a position of disadvantage in the playoff race. <laughs> they, they are. Again, the five points is one thing. It's the number of teams they have to get over. And, I mean, tonight they got some good good news. The Blackhawks were ahead of them. They lost. Arizona was ahead of them. They lost. But on the other side of it, the Colorado Avalanche, who is ahead of them and does have a very good schedule to finish the season as well, including a back-to-back this weekend with the Chicago Blackhawks. They go into Dallas and get a big win in Dallas. Remember, you got to also remember, too, a couple of teams are Arizona, who they're chasing. They are beat up bad. Their top two sentiment are out. Their goalie's out. Minnesota Wild captain and leader Koivu is out of the lineup. The Colorado Avalanche captain and leader Landeskog is out of the lineup. The Oilers are actually, of all the teams right now, they're the healthiest. So that's one that's thing a, they got going point. for them. This is the healthiest they've been all season. So uh, it's an extreme long shot, but there's belief. And every time you win a hockey game, you just give yourself that much more of a chance. Jujar Kara did not play tonight again for the Edmonton Oilers. He's missed uh, two consecutive games. Ken Hitchcock saying this morning that he is day-to-day. All right, the Oilers will practice tomorrow. Our broadcast on Saturday, 12.30 face-off show game at 2 against the Ottawa Senators. Well, talk about... I mean, we talked about the New Jersey game being a game the Oilers had to win. They didn't. Ottawa is uh, seven points behind New Jersey. Yeah, Ottawa is uh, a They're team that gave, the well, well, they gave up on the season. They they got rid of all of their unrestricted free agent. They're building for the future. They're ta- they've talked about it. And then they've got injuries to the players that they had left. Uh, they will be a team that will come in here and work hard, but will lack skill and talent. Uh, I, I said it was a guaranteed win night against the New Jersey Devils. I will not make that mistake against the Ottawa Senators, but it's as close to a guaranteed win night as you can possibly get. Uh, to me, that that's a 6-2 hockey game for the Edmonton Oilers. And Saturday night, 7.30, Oil Kings against Medicine Hat, and then game two of that series will be at 6 o'clock as they get the postseason started. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30, Chad Troy Bowler has been our engineer here at Rogers Place. Thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Oilers beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. More on 630Ched.com. We've been live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osman Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Thank <laughs> you.